Welcome to the Orange Catholic Found Foundation Conference on Business Ethics Vodcast. My name is Rand Sperry. I am the CEO of Sperry Commercial and Sperry Equities here in uh, Irvine, California. And uh, co-sponsor uh, co of the Business and Ethics Conference, which is coming up in February 18th. And I have with me Randy Redwitz, the other uh, co-sponsor of the event. And um, Randy is, has his own CPA firm here in Orange County, among other various businesses. And we have a special guest today that we are going to interview, and it is Tim Conway Jr. Oh, ding dong with you. <laughs> nice to see you, fellas. Randy, Rand, how are you? Make sure I'm Rand. great. First so, four letters of both your names are R-A-N-D. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so Hard to forget for those, it. For those people that don't know you, which there probably might not be anybody that doesn't know you here in Southern California, but Tim is a radio host, an actor, and a writer host of the Tim Conway Show, which uh, airs evenings from 6 to 10 p.m. on KFI 640. And by the way, I bet you know this, but the, your audience doesn't, but you are just edging on your 12th anniversary as uh, hosting your own show here in uh, Southern California, right? January 18th? Uh, uh, yeah, it was right. Yeah, 12 years. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm the newest guy on the station. Is uh, that right? <laughs> it, 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 it's true. Bill Handel's been there for 26 years. Gary and Shannon have both been there longer than I have. And John and Ken have been there since the late 80s. So I'm the newest guy on the station. Uh, and it's been already 12 years. Wow. My that's, goodness. That's phenomenal. Time flies, baby. So, um, Which I always say, look, it's uh, to have a local talk show in Los Angeles, there are fewer of us than there are Dodgers playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So technically... It's harder to get a local talk show than it is to be on the Dodgers. You know, really is irritated about that? The Dodgers. <laughs> they worked their life to get on the Dodgers. And then, uh, you know, I, I just roll out of bed, say ding dong. And I, and I tell them it's easier to be on the Dodgers. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, they pay a lot more though. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. No. I mean, especially, you know, some of these guys who have, uh, you know, a hundred uh, or, you know, $300 million contracts uh, over a 10 year period. They're literally getting $300,000 per hit. It's crazy. Isn't that no. something? I mean, when you start doing the math and yep. how much they get per inning, and yep. it's like mind boggling. Um, I don't know how we got on that subject, but um, <laughs> I would like to talk a little bit about, um, well, the fact you were a former MC of the Business and Ethics Conference that we had. Uh, a few years back and you did a terrific job. We really enjoyed having you. Oh, that was great. I, I remember I got a, a call from uh, Rand and he said, hey, we want you to come down and, and speak at, at our at our uh, breakfast. And I said, oh, that's great. I said, who will I be introducing? And, and you said, uh, well, uh, one of the people you'll be introducing is Vin Scully. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then the other great. one is uh, uh, Deborah, I'm uh, Deborah, no, uh, Patricia Heaton, Patricia. who plays uh, Deborah on Patricia uh, everyone Heaton, uh, from uh, The Middle. And The Middle is one of the great shows of all time. If you haven't seen that right. show, watch it in reruns. The Middle is one of the greatest shows ever. Tim, I've seen every episode. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's really great. And everyone loves Raymond, of course. She was on that as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look, she's had two hits. You know, most yeah. actors never have a single one. And she had two very successful right. shows. And Patricia yep. Eaton is uh, is also a uh, one of the very few people in show business 
that is able to speak her mind and still have successful shows. Yeah, you know? that's right. She's, she's very Catholic. Very, yeah. She's like my mom. You know, my mom, we used to go to, a, um, we got, well, it's a long story, but we got kicked out of two different parishes in the Valley. Oh. Um, we, went to a, we went to St. Mel's. My mom got us kicked out of there. Then we went to Our Lady of Grace and we ended up at St. Cyril. So it was just like right down Ventura Boulevard. We were oh like, a, oh. we were like a Starbucks. Was that because you guys couldn't keep quiet during no, church with seven no. of you or six? It was years? because she was a very strict uh, uh, life supporter of life, and and her position is is the ultimate strictest definition of when life begins. And if the priest wasn't totally on board, she had it. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh boy, I yeah. see. Yeah. Well, you know that kind of brings us to the subject. Of the first question I wanted to ask you. Sure. You know. You don't really know how we met, but how we met was I was driving home one night listening to your show and uh, you started talking about Catholic schools and you went on for probably 20 minutes or whatever the next break might have been right. about how you felt about them. And I was just shell-shocked. First, I, I didn't realize you were Catholic, number one, but number two, the fact that you felt so passionate about them. So I just wanted uh, to ask you, you know, to talk about, I know you probably don't even remember that, that uh, show that you did when you talked about it, but tell us what you think of Catholic schools. How well, I, 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 I went to a, a private school when up until second grade, then in third grade, my dad put me into, uh, into Catholic school and I survived there for a little while. Um, and then I went, when uh, my dad eventually put us all into public school, cause he had six kids, right? Yes. Um, but I, I, if, if I had to do it all over again, I would have stayed in Catholic school all the way through high school and then may, maybe gone to a college that, um, you know, that is uh, predominantly uh, Catholic. Um, because the friends of mine that stayed with it, they are so much more stable in life. There's no addiction problems. Their kids are well behaved and they just seem to have a, a much more stable life. And, I, and, and they all attribute that to Catholic school. So if you can get your kids out of public school, if they're young, right, they haven't made a ton of friends and it's easy to move the kids. Man, I think Catholic school is, 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 is the best investment in, 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 a, in a child's life by far. Well, uh, you, you're talking to the choir here. I have six children. They all went to Catholic grade school and high school. Several went to Catholic colleges as well. And oh, Randy yeah. has four children. And I think- No, five. Course, five. Five. Oh, Five. So he's right behind me, and um, they all. And they, course, I think part of the schools. Yeah, they hey, all went way, to which one are which are the real pro predominant Catholic schools? Notre Dame has got to be the top one, right? Oh, and the collegiate. In some people's level. opinion, <laughs> LM, LMU is okay, very right. popular. Well, Boston College, Boston a, College. Well, I didn't know Boston College was a, a Catholic college. Yes, yeah. Jesuit. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but those yeah. are those are very popular. Gonzaga is another very wow. popular one. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know Gonzaga yeah. was one of them. Wow, they have a, a terrific yeah. basketball team lately too. Yeah, yeah. And Santa Clara, Santa Clara University up there, and that's, that's where one of my daughters went there. And and then University of San Diego, USD is also yeah, that's right. Like and USF is a Catholic. That's right. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, you know, to to be in a in a in a Catholic college. 
uh, your parents rest at night a lot easier, you know, uh, knowing that those, you know, that the teachers, the priests, the, you know, the nuns, that, you know, everybody looks after these kids. I be really believe the first colleges, what some of the first colleges and most formative growth of colleges in the United States was from, from the Catholics. Yeah, I, I believe it. Well, look, I'm sitting here in the Vatican and yeah. uh, preaching to the choir as well, man. These people love Catholics around here. Yeah. Oh. Well, Tim, we were gonna we were gonna ask the second question. I think you've already answered it to some degree, and that, that is, did you go to Catholic school, and um, and um, why, and if not, why not? Well, I, again, I went up until uh, um, you know third grade, and it, it's a it's a super long story. But my mom was a very strict Catholic, and uh, so she put us through CCD, and you know we all made our uh, you know first uh, confession and communion and confirmation. Uh, by the way, I have a question for you guys. Uh, this debate's been going on on our show. When you're confirmed. Is it your first name, your confirmation name, your middle name, and your last name, or is it first name, middle name, confirmation, last name? Well, I'm going to defer to Randy on that one. <laughs> you know, I I'm not sure. Um, I always, I my, my confirmation name is Walter, so I always say Timothy Walter Dalton Conway. I don't really know if that's right or not. Well, I'll we'll ask Bishop Van. Yeah, we, yeah I guess we're, yeah, we're going to have to because I don't know that exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, legally, it, it isn't part of your your middle. Right, name. legally, sure. right, right, exactly. So it's just I'm it, sure the bishop will say, of course, you, you know that the the patron saint name comes first. <laughs> you know what? I, I was driving with uh, Bishop Van, and uh, we we had I'd go, come down to Orange County. We we're going to go out to lunch, and I was really nervous when I was driving with him because I, I figured, look, he's, he's a huge part of the Orange County Catholic experience. He's the top guy uh, amongst, you know, Orange County Catholics. And I don't want to get into any kind of accident or altercation <laughs> or, or anything with him. And I said to him, I said, I said, you know, Bishop Ann, I, I know I'm going below the speed limit here, but I'm really nervous driving you around. I mean, you could be uh, the next Pope. And he says, well, because I don't know how long you've been a Catholic, but you have to be a cardinal first before you become pope. <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute. So you're not in the running. He says, no, I'm not in the running. He said, let's hit it. We've been <laughs> 90 miles an hour. There you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. But well, Catholic school is, is, is fantastic. Again, uh, all my buddies that went through uh, you know, Catholic school, a guy named Jason Zalaco, uh, went through uh, Catholic school all the way to uh, 12th grade. Then he went on to Boston College and just the most stable guy in the world. Um, you know, just a really good father, uh, a good husband, a good businessman, always giving back to his community. And, and, and I think, it, you know, and if, and if it wasn't for Catholic school, uh, he would have been a much different guy, much different. So you have a daughter. I've heard you yes. talk about her on the show. Does she go to Catholic school? You know, she goes to public school uh, here in Burbank. <laughs> because you know we we have um we 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 were part of uh saint sarah's for a while and then we moved down to orange county and i sort of you know uh lost my way there for a while and i wanted to put her into catholic school in in burbank so we went we met with uh with the priest there and and uh you know the the uh the person who ran the school and they said um that my wife and i have to do each do like a thousand hours of volunteer work oh. Oh, no. Before we get the kid into, and I'm like, wait a minute, 
it's like taking another job here. Right? <laughs> really? But but I, uh, I, I you know what I made a mistake. If if I do it all over again, she definitely would have been in in uh, in in Catholic school because uh, you know once they once they get ingrained into into public school and they get friends, it's very yeah. hard to very hard to get out. Very, very hard to make well movies. now she's she's still in grade school right she's not in no, high school. she's uh, uh she's going to be a junior next year in high school oh gosh gosh she's wow. wow well yeah because when i met you i i remember she was in grade school and that that has been about four years ago yeah yeah it's uh it, it's wild how time flies man it's it is um it is a very it is a very hard transition you know rand and i have a lot of experience with santa margarita catholic high school and, oh yeah um, sure and um, you see the students coming in, a lot of students come in from public school and um, it's a little rougher transition because they're, they're leaving their friends behind, you know, and right. very quickly they acclimate, but still it's a bit of a rough, a rough bridge there sometimes. Right, and not only, you know, friendship wise, but academically uh, yeah. they're behind as well. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too, many times. And I have no experience with being behind academically, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't. Oh, great. Adam Carolla had something very uh, funny. He's a very funny man. He said that, <clears throat> that people uh, who are, uh, you know, unsheltered, or, you know, they used to call them homeless. He said people who are now experiencing homelessness. And he goes, experiencing homelessness? Oh, yeah. He goes, I guess like in high school, I was experiencing a 1.8 GPA. <laughs> I, I love the dog with that guy. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I know. Ex experiencing it. Well, Randy, you got a question about sure. big family, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you have six. Where you came, you're one of six children. That's Is right. that right, Tim? That's, that's correct. One of six. And we were the smallest family on the block where my dad was from. And Sugar and Falls, the Carltons had 13, the Bresnahan's had 12, Brennan's uh, next wow. had 11. And, and they kept saying to my mom, why are you stopping at six? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's all relative. So the, <laughs> so the ultimate so the ultimate question is, what, what do you think your parents did right for you? I mean, what, what, how did they send you in the right direction? Well, I, I, look, I, my, my dad was working a lot, obviously to raise six kids, uh, you know, a wife and to keep a household like that going, you gotta really work a lot. But the one thing that they, they both gave us is, is just the, you know, the ability to look at things in a, in a very light way. My dad's rule always was don't panic. Whatever comes up, don't panic, right? And so I've tried to instill that with my daughter. So the first 12 years of her life, Every time something happened, whether it's big or small, I said, look, it's not going to be easier and you're not going to handle it better if you panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Hundreds of times. So July 6, two years ago, we have a big earthquake, right? You guys all remember that earthquake on July yeah. 6, right? Yeah. I, I go out to the garage and the car is literally moving back and forth in the garage. So I run upstairs. I open up my daughter's uh, uh, bedroom and she's standing in her robe. She just got out of the shower. And I said, I said, you got to get out of this house. We got to get out of this house. This thing is going to fall down. We got to get going. And she <laughs> says to me, she goes, Dad, don't panic. I'm going to throw a cup. I'm going to throw some clothes on. I'll meet you downtown. I'll meet you downtown. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> don't panic, Dad. It was the best moment of my life. There right? you go. It, she it, listened. She listened she to you. She wasn't panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, well, by the way, for, for those people out there listening, 
Um, Tim Conway Jr. is the son, the eldest of Tim Conway, who uh, I think pretty much if you're over probably 30 or 35, you know who his dad was, a great yeah. uh, comedian and actor. And my favorite, McHale's Navy, when I was uh, oh, McHale's Navy was great. eight or nine years old, uh, you weren't even born yet, or you were just born when, when that show was on. And well, I, I was born wait. during that show. Um, you know, my my dad got a call. He was on the set with Ernest uh, Borgnine, bless him. And he got uh, he got a call on the set saying your first son is about to be born at Cedars of Lebanon, which is now which becomes Cedars Sinai. I think it's now uh -huh. Scientology building. Uh, so anyway, so my dad jumped in a car, screamed down the 101 freeway, ran down the hall, and when he's running down the hall everybody's saluting him because he still had his Navy outfit. On. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. And so he's hearing whispers of, uh, God, he just got back from Da Nang to see his first kid. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know, he just crossed the, the set of Gilligan's Island and Lucy. Yeah, really. <laughs> Universal. Right. Uh, oh, well, that's hilarious. I, I, I bring that up because uh, it's even more of a challenge being a, uh, a son of a star at the yeah. time, especially uh, that that you you and I'm sure your siblings turned out so well. Uh, well, there's something comforting about uh, the the strong possibility of total defeat that we're never going to be as popular or make as much money. So you sort of have a much easier life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that I, I know I know. You, well, you're probably not kidding about that because I I know I have one you're of smart. my friends. One of my sons said that to me when he was going to Santa Margarita. He says, you know, my friends call this place Sperry Margarita. Said, I, I just don't know if I can ever fill your shoes. I was president of the school board, one of the reasons. Oh, that's great. Randy, and, uh, and I had a, a decently large national real estate company. And he, he said that for quite a while. He says, I don't know how I'm ever going to fill those shoes. And I said, son, don't worry. Don't worry. You, you know. You'll, you'll find your way and you'll find your path. And he's become very successful. Oh, that's great. Right with my other kids. So, um, and by the way, that's a very, that's a sensational school uh, as well. And a lot of people, uh, you know, like, like uh, you ran, have, have gone back and, and continued to be involved with that school well after you graduated, which is yeah. sensational. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's we're very biased. We're very yeah, biased we're, to, to that. Yes. There, are, there are four other great, or four or five other, uh, Catholic schools in Orange County. They're all really good. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm impressed with all of them. When yeah, I, I went to, I went to a, a public school, I went to a Birmingham High School in the Valley. And about, uh, about 25 years after I graduated, I got a call at KFI. And they said, uh, it, was, it was a couple of students from uh, Birmingham High School. And they said, hey, they're about to change the mascot from uh, Birmingham Braves to Birmingham Patriots. Can we come on the air to try to keep, you know, the Birmingham Braves mascot? And I said, well, to be honest, I didn't care when I went there. <laughs> I'm going to care 30 years later. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, our, our time is just about up. But if you've got any, uh, any final comments, things you'd like to, to say about, you know, the, the Catholic experience, Catholic schools. Um, oh, I do have one thing. Okay, sure. Uh, that I wanted to, uh, I thought it pretty humorous. I was mentioning to somebody that you're going to be on our podcast today. And she said, I remember hearing a story about Tim when he was young, speaking of the family thing. Sure. Um, and um, his dad was 
kind of waiting up for him. And then he went to bed. And then the next morning, he's uh, oh, that's Tim, Jr. <laughs> Tim Jr. comes downstairs. He goes, son, what, what time did you uh, get in last night? And, yeah, so that's a, that's a true story. Uh, he, uh, my curfew in high school was midnight, which is pretty good, right? Yeah. And uh, he, so he comes down. I got home around 6.30 in the morning. Oh, uh, for a long night of just, you know, doing stupid stuff like high school kids do. So my dad wakes me up at nine o'clock and he says, what time did you get home last night? And I said, uh, 11.50, oh. <laughs> maybe 59. And he says, uh, and he starts walking out and he says, um, I said, what time did you get home? I said, uh, right around uh, uh, midnight. And he goes, uh, okay. He goes, well, you know, the newspaper gets delivered at 5.30 and he walks away. Right. And so I stop and I go, hey, 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 wait, wait. What does a newspaper have to do with me? He goes, uh, your your car's parked on it. <laughs> awesome. Busted. <laughs> by that much. All right. <laughs> that was the old LA Times, which was, you know, yeah, yeah. You like getting your car up on a rack. Yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. True story. Yeah. I, I I, another thing he used to like to do, he would come into my room and and he would write a, a check for me. He goes, hey, I want to give you a check for $600. That's how much it costs to carpet your room. You saved me that kind of money. And I'm like, oh, I, I, what, are, what are you talking about? He says, well, I can jump on your jacket and then on your pants and then on the book, <laughs> then a lunch bag, a newspaper and a, and a wet towel. I never have to use the carpet in here. There you go. <laughs> You're going to say this carpet's going to be beautiful for decades. <laughs> and that was his way of saying, clean the room. Clean your room. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Without You're saying it. That's using very special. Humor, using humor to that's right. uh, teach you. That's well, great. That's, that's, a, that's a much better way to do it because, uh, look, I've told that story hundreds and, and maybe even thousands of times, and that's what kind of effect it had on me as opposed to him just coming in and saying, look, I'm tired of this room being dirty. Clean it. Yeah. You yeah, still remember. So true. Yeah. yeah. Well, so true. fellas, it was great to be part of this. Great. Uh, I got to get back to the Vatican. We're having lunch <laughs> in the uh, Sistine Chapel here. So, uh, good. Going with the both of you. Uh, Randy, nice to see meet you. And Rand, uh, always nice to see you, buddy. All right. Great. It's been great Wonderful talking to, to you. you. And I just want to mention to everyone listening that the Business and Ethics Conference will be held this February 18th at the JW Marriott here in Orange County. And uh, Luke Zamperini is gonna be our keynote speaker. He's the son of Louis Zamperini, oh. who was uh, the story behind the movie called Unbroken. Just an amazing story of his survival in World War II after being uh, captured by the Japanese. Should be very interesting. And again, Randy Redwitz and myself are the co-chairs of that event, not the co-sponsors, although we do sponsor <laughs> the event. I realize I said that in the beginning, but we're the That's co-chairs. Okay. And we're really looking forward to having uh, a big sellout crowd. And again, Tim, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very Thank much. You, Tim. God, bless, God bless both of you. Honored, honored to meet you. Thank nice you. To see you guys. Bye.